0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm just hanging with you. (laughs) I'm Kate's assistant. (laughs) Um, Kate's sort of our uh, special featured artist this summer. Have you guys appreciated her work? The the paintings on the little cards and the big painting a few weeks back. And she is, as many people are, she is multi-talented. And today we're going to look at her poetry. Um, Anybody ever been to church? (laughs) (laughs) Most of you? Okay. (laughs) Uh, Anybody ever exist anywhere other than at church? All of you. Okay. Okay. Anybody ever have an encounter with God on any level, even the smallest encounter, at church? Okay. You probably see the next question coming. Anybody ever have an encounter with God, even on the smallest level, other than at church? Everybody, pretty much. Okay, so as a church, we have a unique during our week, during our life inside and outside of church gathering as people, we are here sometimes. In terms of our time throughout the week, we're here actually very little. A little bit of our time is given to this gathering. And it's very important to many of us, probably different levels of importance depending on our story. But I think many of us it's very important. And I wonder if you could think of it like a, if you were a battery, it's like a charging dock, like a, a way to plug in and get l- a little bit recharged to go spend the rest of your time in your spiritual life and your physical life having encounters with God that happen all the time. But this is a unique and special kind of recharging place uh, because we hear each other's voices, we interact, we have a much more conscious focus on things like the Bible and on stories of what God is doing in our lives with each other and the things we experience in solitude, and this is what I'm gonna focus on, the things we experience in solitude have an added value in some ways when we come together and we share those experiences and process them together, and just like this happened to me with God, and somebody else can say, Yeah, I had something kind of like that happen to me with God, and are even in solitude our experiences slightly enriched by gathering. As a church, our main primary text and go to thing is the Bible. And that's probably not news. Hmm. Uh, And this morning we are going to and I say this very carefully and very respectfully, we're going to look into a work other than the Bible for a little bit of divine inspiration, perhaps. Now, how many have ever read all or part of the Bible? Okay. How many have had an encounter with God on some level from the Bible? How many have read anything other than the Bible? I know your arm is going to get tired. It's okay. This is the last one. Have you ever had an encounter with God at all reading something other than the Bible? We could go on and on with stuff like that. The music (laughs) we listen to, you know, it's God is God. He doesn't live at church. He is the creator and maker, sustainer of life and everything. Or as Douglas Adams would say, life, the universe, and everything. Um, So I just want to get a little orientation. As we step away from the Bible briefly, leaving it right here, right next to us because God can meet us in the same way that he meets us in a unique way in our gathering. He meets us all week long in our work and with other relationships and with people who don't even acknowledge or believe in God at all. There's still God moments that happen. And I want to raise, if I can, the awareness of How God can meet us in anything, remembering that the Bible is a primary thing, always. It's earned that. So we are going to look into Kate's poetry. You know, throughout the scripture, there are poets that write their work. And thousands of years later, we read that work. And it's been translated sometimes more than one time. And so it doesn't quite have the poetic magic maybe of of the original in terms of its poetic feel. But the Bible is full of poetry and it honors God to not only read that and study that but to do likewise. To do what they did. To take our from our spiritual life and our own each unique voice and create something that testifies to our walk with God, which is what I think Kate has done. So we're going to do a Lectio Divina sort of type thing instead of with the scripture with poetry. Is that OK? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Did I overstate this?
1: <laughs> so I'm so going to read. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: So I want to say this. The poem. Now, I'm gonna say something in two parts, catch both parts. The poem is printed on the back of your lyric song sheet and I want you to know that so you have it, but I want you when Kate's reading it to not look at it. So I I want you to just relax and just use your ears as she reads it and I will hand it to her now.
1: Okay, so just like all Lectio Divinas, I'm gonna read it three times And I'll read it slowly. And I would encourage you to, because this happens with me when I go to poetry readings, I listen best with my eyes closed, or at least looking down, whatever. But whatever makes you feel comfortable. So this poem is called The Scarf. And there is a little epigraph that says, give ear to my words, O Lord, Consider my groaning, Psalm 5-1. God rakes his backyard. He loves how each leaf is different, each growing and falling in their own time. Looking over the white fence, he sees a woman, sharp-lit and briskly walking, while her hand flutters to the scarf wound around her neck. God leans his rake against a post and waits. She turns down pine as a gust uncoils her scarf over her head before she can say no and snatch it back. The scarf is stunned into its long silken self as if it were wide awake for the first time. Too far flung in the sky, The woman stops and watches it whisper away, a finger smear as her own fingers touch her bare neck, as if feeling a scar for the first time. God gently catches her worn silk and holds it to his throat and listens. He hears her prayer's words, even the ones she can't utter, especially those. He will send her a red maple leaf. It will fit in her palm like another hand. The Scarf. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Psalm 5-1. God rakes his backyard. He loves how each leaf is different each growing and falling in their own time. Looking over the white fence, he sees a woman sharp-lit and briskly walking while her hand flutters to the scarf wound around her neck. God leans his rake against a post and waits. She turns down pine as a gust uncoils her scarf over her head before she can say no and snatch it back. The scarf is stunned into its long, silken self, as if it were wide awake for the first time. Too far flung in the sky, the woman stops and watches it whisper away, a finger smear as her own fingers touch her bare neck, as if feeling a scar for the first time. God gently catches her worn silk and holds it to his throat and listens. He hears her prayers' words, even the ones she can't utter, especially those. He will send her a red maple leaf. It will fit in her palm like another hand.
0: As you hear that, (coughs) something will have stood out to you. Perhaps an image in your mind, or perhaps a phrase, an idea. Let's take just a little while and sit with that. Inviting the spirit into your mind and asking what he might be saying through that image or through those words. then as you think about that, turn it around from a listening space to a speaking space, just still silently, but in your mind. Dialogue with God a little bit. Share with him what you are experiencing and what it means to you. Turn it into a prayer.
1: the scarf. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Psalm 5-1. God rakes his backyard. He loves how each leaf is different, each growing and falling in their own time. Looking over the white fence, he sees a woman, sharp-lit and briskly walking while her hand flutters to the scarf wound around her neck. God leans his rake against a post and waits. She turns down pine as a gust uncoils her scarf over her head before she can say no and snatch it back. The scarf is stunned into its long silken self as if it were wide awake for the first time. Too far flung in the sky, the woman stops and watches it whisper away. A finger smear as her own fingers touch her bare neck as if feeling a scar for the first time. God gently catches her worn silk and holds it to his throat and listens. He hears her prayer's words, even the ones she can't utter, especially those. He will send her a red maple leaf. It will fit in her palm like another hand.
0: for the last part of this exercise um consider the words or images that stood out to you that meant something what you may be hearing from god and what you've prayed and take another couple moments of silence to Ask God whether it's something significant and big or whether it's something really small. That doesn't matter. But on, on some level, some way to apply this to your life, something to go and do, a time to set aside for some reason, some application to take with you. Let's take that question to the silence for just a few moments. Thank you. So, poetry um, doesn't speak to everybody. There are people for whom poetry is a deeply moving and enriching, life enhancing kind of big deal. And there are others who have a terrible time understanding it and don't quite get what the attraction is. And I would like us to just acknowledge that openly. And if you're one of the second type and it doesn't work for you, totally okay. There's lots of things that, that d- do work for you. And, uh, but I think that poetry has earned a place to come front and center now and then. And so if that moves you and you love that, enjoy that, let it speak to you. And if it doesn't, thank you for your patience, f- <laughs> for, for those of us for whom it does. And that's part of gathering, and it's part of having a giving and generous attitude toward each other. And we're always doing, we're always focusing on something that might not move everybody. So I think it's just part of togetherness and part of loving community Whenever it's time for something to come front and center, to just let that bless the people it blesses. And so thank you for walking through those moments. Um, Do you want to share more about the poem?
1: Sure. Or um, whatever
0: else from your mind, your beautiful, (laughs) wonderful mind? (laughs)
1: Um, This was a poem that was started actually years ago. And it was just, I was just interested in the idea of a scarf and uh, um, unraveling from a woman and the shape that it takes the many different shapes that it takes uh, once the wind gets it. Um, so when I was asked to do a poem for this for this week, I think God tapped my shoulder and said, G- remember that little nugget from ages ago? Well, let's turn that into a poem. And uh, I knew when I was writing it that this was going to be about prayers that are so difficult or so painful to even confess to yourself or or speak out loud, even to ones who are closest and dearest to you, that God, God will take it gently and hear it. And you don't have to say it correctly, beautifully, smartly, concisely. You just have to groan sometimes and God will consider your prayer and he will deal with it. He He knows exactly what's in your heart already. So can't hide anything from God. <laughs> um, so that's what I wanted to actually convey in this poem. Not to tell you how to hear it or interpret it, but that was the scarf this woman had kept around her neck for so long. An old, old, old prayer that she couldn't even confess to herself. So
0: Hmm. that's it. Even your explanation is somewhat poetic. (laughs) Um. (laughs) As we go through our week, when we're not gathered, accepted perhaps in a mystical heart Way, I think that we are always connected. Um, Watch for ways that God may be meeting you intentionally. I think if you're like me, you miss most of them. I'm convinced that God sets up meetings for God and me all day long and I'm just barely conscious enough to catch a couple of them. And yeah. I get all excited about that. I had a God moment. It was amazing. And I'm kind of oblivious to the fact that I missed 100 of them.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's just so gracious. He's, he, he's just applauding like, yeah, you caught one. And <laughs> it's,
1: yeah. you know,
0: because cause he's the best parent ever. And it makes me want to be a better kid of his, you know? Uh, So as you go through your week, watch, train your soul to watch for the little encounters. Always, of course, from our gatherings and from the scripture, primarily. But it's not limited to just that, he'll meet you in anything. We're going to symbolize that today. We're going to take communion. uh, And we often do. We almost always do. But it doesn't always have to mean exactly the same kind of communing, right? So I would ask you today, as we take the bread and the cup, to make it like a little an acknowledgement of Christ, a memory of Christ, of what he's done for us, of, of the everything that it already means. And add to that a little sense of watchfulness, like I take the bread and the cup consciously today and I will be watching for the encounters with perhaps other bread and other cups on another table somewhere and watch for watch for god encounters